Yes, sir. What's up, folks? This is Therese Paley, your Chiefs beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And I'm here with the rest of the A-team. I got Holland Mad, Sam Mellinger, Hannibal, Vahe Gregorian, Blair, Face Kirkoff. How you fellas been doing? Fantastic. Doing great. Could not be better. Look, we got a great show for you today. We're going to break down the Chiefs wild card matchup against the Houston Texans on Saturday. We also play old man football, and we answer your reader mail. But first, we got a special guest in the house, Andy McCullough. Hi. In January, still in the house. What's up, man? I'm never leaving. You're supposed to be on the beach somewhere right now. This is the endless summer. <laughs> You're supposed to be chilling at Muscle Beach or something. The, the endless summer and winter. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a second semester senior in high school. You were. I'm just hanging out, you know. You seem decidedly more laid back than the last oh, time great. I saw you. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was the angst and the yeah. The uh, I was on a podcast the other day and yeah. someone said, "Who do you want the Royals to sign as a pitcher?" And I said, "I don't give a crap." Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Like, I, I, that would have been my answer if I still worked at the Star, I guess. Yeah. But uh, my friend, you are also in full beat writer off season mode. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, th- that's a pretty nice mode to be in. I don't get that very often since the NFL decided to make it oh, a three sixty five league. This um, is like the NFL writers, like. They love talking about how hard they work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight, but like, I, 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 hey, listen, I did your job. I know. A year. I know. I know. You, well, how, many road, how many nights on the road are you? Uh, a year? Plus. What's like 100? Jesus. I don't know. It's a lot. Well, spring training. Spring training is what kills you. Yeah. Like, but you guys do that. I mean, you, you stay up in St. Nah. Charles. No, right? listen, I got a full respect for what you guys yeah. do. That's a brutal beat. It's yeah. the most brutal of all. It's the all right. It's major, a job. It's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like most of the baseball beat writers I've come across have been very somber individuals, <laughs> especially during the season. <laughs> they're angry and they're somber. They're not yeah. dysfunctional. <laughs> you, you don't yeah. see the happy baseball beat guy. Like, yeah. It's just not. I've never <laughs> seen an upbeat baseball I'm beat to guy. Think who's like who's ha- who's a happy baseball writer? Uh, how about your friend John Paul Morosi? John, yeah, John. Yeah, JP. JP is like, there's something wrong with that guy though, because he's like really happy, so he's got to be, yeah, you know, on something. Or what Ken, Kenny Rosenthal? Ken, yeah, okay, Ken. I, I wouldn't. I mean, isn't there a difference between being like the national guy and then just the the work a day, you know, hump guy? That there that, is. You know, I mean, those right? guys work really hard uh, mm-hmm. for sure, and it's just a different. They, they they work really hard. They're just responsible for different sort of things. Like they're responsible yeah. for everything and sort of nothing in a way. So sure. like everything they do is kind of a bonus. But um, that's a that's a really hard job. So sure. those guys are great. Sure. Hey man, we're glad you could join us. This my is man. great. I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> we can tell. I have <laughs> questions. No, I, I have questions about like the Chiefs and also the playoffs. Well, you know what. I can I just can I just jump in and say something really quickly? Sure, it's sure, like sure. been one of my dreams to have you two guys together in the same room. And it's like one of those comic books where, like, the two characters from different universes yeah. you never thought would be together are actually there. And I can just feel the energy. Right? I hope not, because those movies typically blow. You know, just, <laughs> like, this Batman-Superman thing, that's going to be trash. I don't know what to tell you. This yeah. is Batman-Superman, and Sam is definitely Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm loving this. This is great. Um <laughs> And you know what? Look, you say you got questions. No, I just have a – okay. I, I want to hear them. Let's go. This is – So I talked go. to our uh, assistant sports editor and uh, uh, editor impresario, Chris Fickett, and he explained how the seating works. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs should be rooting for the Bengals to win, right? Yes. I mean, they, they – because if they – if I'm correct here, if they end up – if the Bengals win, then next week they go on the road to Denver. Right, and that's something like they've shown they can win there, and that's what you want. Right, yeah. So Otherwise, you get the Patriots, a Patriots team that uh, could not beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday I, in the regular season finale. I, I, I think we fully recognize that that ain't the team that's going to be playing in two weeks, though. You know, I, the Patriots, you're always wary of Brady and Belichick in the playoffs. You know, but that, that's just my opinion. I mean, it, I, I think that's something worth delving into if you guys want to. I mean. It, in the second round, I mean, would you rather face the Patriots, who lost yesterday in a game they had had to win, or would you rather face the Broncos, who got Peyton Manning back yesterday and won? Now, Peyton Manning uh, sucks, right? <laughs> um, or is he good? Definitely, oh, like he but, looks awful. He looks like me in the Turkey Bowl every year in you know Upper Dublin. There's definitely, there's definitely like a little. 
like Willie Mays at 40, <laughs> stumbling around center oh, field-ish, yeah. right? But, like, it's still Peyton Manning. And he hasn't, like, just, like, completely Did you see him hand the ball yeah. off yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> the, there was a, the but, magic you know, was bad. But, again, no, like, the magic uh, was there. Peyton Manning is also well-known for, like, not winning in the playoffs when he was Man. good. Yeah, but just in general in football. Are they a good team? Yeah. Okay, so I guess the what alternative I'm, is Brock Osweiler. Right. Like, I heard Osweiler. he's tall. He he's not tall. scaring anybody. I saw a good vine of him the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, well, amazing. so, but, like, the Broncos are a good team, right, with bad quarterbacks. Their defense is great. The defense right. is outstanding. And they can run the football. Yeah. Uh, a no. little. Sometimes. A little. Is Terrell Davis healthy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Fully dialed in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. So the the Chiefs will probably win this week. Yeah, looking at Favorite Houston. Favorite to win. Favorite to win. As are the Steelers. They're, they're but, uh, road favorites. As are the six Steelers. I do believe really? that Sam is very, very interested in reminding us every week. And nothing's off the table for these guys, though. I mean, they might be the favorites. But, as you like to say, Sam. Fully capable of losing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the Chiefs have blown better opportunities than this. Right. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So, but they should win. I think it's like a fifty-five, forty-five, or sixty-forty kind okay. of thing. Okay. They're facing Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Not good. No. No. Not good. He's real bad. Who's good on the Texans besides JJ Watt? They got a receiver that's pretty badass. Yeah, the receiver's great. New Hopkins. Andre Johnson. <laughs> oh wow! Um, is Steve Slayton still on the team? Um, no. <laughs> uh, um, we play for. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, you're, you're, you're forgetting we got Walmart. Play for later. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Steve Slayton. I'm yeah. Hijacking the entire thing. Okay. That's okay. So they got Nuke. Nuke Stevens? Lelouch. Lelouch. What's his name? Nuke Hopkins. Nuke Hopkins? He's a, is a, a person. Like a, he, that's yeah. an awesome DeAndre name. DeAndre Nuke Hopkins. N-O-O-K? N-U-K-E. N-U-K-E. So like the bomb. Like the bomb, right. Is that the nick, his nickname? Is it, uh, is that's that, where it's rooted from. Okay, all right. Caught a couple balls on Marcus Peters. That's right, Blair. Game. Yeah, he did. And Peters has proven himself to be a damn good player. Okay. And who does Marcus Peters play for, Andy? Chiefs. There you go. I did it. Yeah. One for one. <laughs> uh, he gets credit for that one. Okay. So I guess what I was asking, or I guess what I was thinking is like, so everyone in the AFC is really flawed, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the Chiefs should be rooting for the Bengals to win. Yep. And then, like, it's not super inconceivable they could get to the Super Bowl. It's definitely not super inconceivable, right, guys? I mean, yeah, it's possible. well said. Not super inconceivable. Right, we're definitely going to delve into that a little bit later, but I, I think like the way this, this, there's a path there to get there. Right. They, so they have to beat a team who's not very good in the Texans. Then they have to go on the road and beat a shell of a quarterback who always loses in the postseason. And then they have to like win as an underdog, and enter in the Super Bowl. All right. I, I mean, that's is that right? right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's right. That, that's right. Two years ago, they went to Indianapolis as a three-point favorite. That's they had a twenty-eight-point lead. That's how that go? That was early, right? Or so it seemed. What was your control A delete? Yeah. When did you when did you start rewriting that one? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was writing that on my iPad because my computer crashed like an hour before the game. Huh. Um, I've heard a story about this, uh, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens. Yeah. It was funny, too. I, I went back and read it like a, a week later or whatever, and there were so many lines in there that just made me want to punch myself in the face. It was, you know, like, the you know, all those bad memories are gone. The <laughs> and, you know, exercise, like all this blah, blah, blah. With a wild card weekend <laughs> yeah. victory. Well, it would have been their first win oh, in, yeah. in uh like at that point, what twenty? Just twenty even. Twenty right? years. Yeah, yeah and they exactly still have it. Twenty they, years. They didn't go to the playoffs last year, right? No, now it's twenty-two years. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You still have? Did you keep it? No, that's why because it was on the iPad, and that iPad's dead by it's now. It's a shame. Might come in handy. Yeah. What is the uh, What's the website that Passon wants to start? Uh, Game Story Graveyard. Game Story Graveyard. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah a good idea. And they'd be exclusively Royals copies. I'd have so many entries in that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Is there, is there yeah. room for the asterisk story <laughs> in there? The asterisk sure. story was good. There was lots of good usage of asterisks in that asterisk story. My finest work. We're not just gonna let that hang out there. You gotta tell that what happened. Well, we talked about that on the podcast. Okay. Like a few, my computer died during Game Five of the World Series, and I had to, 
after I had a panic attack for about ten minutes, <laughs> I had to rewrite. So was it Sam, only ten? <laughs> it felt like a, like an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Sam has a better perspective on that than I do, actually, because he was just he was sitting next to me while I was losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm told that there were a lot of. There was a lot of help for you in terms of people speaking in calm tones. It was just <laughs> helping you kind of get back into the groove there. Yeah, right? Sam and, and Chris did a really good job of making sure I didn't throw someone or my computer out the window. <laughs> I figured no. sitting up behind him, it was no time to go down to try to help. I thought <laughs> I just said, let, it, let the things take their course. Yeah. The top priority, I don't want to speak for Chris, but the top priority was definitely that Andy would not hurt himself or others. <laughs> After that, it was hopefully he can write a story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, to, to be fair, I mean, if there's any situation where a beat writer would lose his mind, that's it. I mean, yeah, you I think you go the whole season. Extra innings when the team's about to win the World Series for the first <laughs> yeah. time in 30 years? Yeah, that's <laughs> the time when you absolutely just don't need it. That's like the worst possible time. I don't time, know if you man. remember this, but after um, – you remember like hitting the desk and everything. And like <laughs> one of like the – maybe it was the last time that you did or the loudest or whatever. And somebody like six seats down or whatever was like – said something after that like – it's just a game, man. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just thinking, like, don't provoke, don't go psycho. <laughs> what do you say, man? I think it was a Reuters, a Reuters guy or somebody, oh, yeah, or, yeah, you know, that was, yeah. you know. I mean, see, because like down, down the way was like, uh, it was like, I think it was like Nightingale, Barry, and Boz, and none of those guys would have been like, ah, no big deal, man, get him tomorrow. Like, they, so right. uh, yeah, that's anyway. I'm hijacking. I'm, I don't have any more questions, but I'll stick around if I can. That's outstanding. All right, we're yeah. gonna dive into. So the it show. sounds like the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, based on what I've heard. Well, yeah, let's dive into the show. Um, First of all, as always, we got to do our grown-ass man of the week. It's a lot easier when they win. Um, my selection was Ron Parker. Six tackles, interception, forced fumble, and a sack. Ron was somebody, one of those guys that's really kind of stood out recently. But I'm interested to know, for your entries, who would you guys pick? Grown-ass man of the week. I'm going to give a quick, just Demetrius Harris call out huh, there. I like that. It. That play is huge in the game. And I love Parker's play. It was a huge play. But... I, to me, minimized a little bit by uh, Alex Smith's pick six on the next pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they scored one way or another, but Parker's play was huge. I, I just, I, I really like that play with Harris. Though that, that was a breakout play. Well, and Harris' play doesn't happen unless DJ Alexander blocks the punt. And at the at the moment, it's Look. fourteen to ten. The Chiefs have nothing going on. They'd scored on the you know in the first two possessions, and we're talking about middle of the third quarter at this point. And uh, the Raiders had uh, yeah, the pick six and had, had closed. And th- look, I think it was a jump ball game at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demetrius uh, uh, DJ Alexander blocks the punt, comes in um, unblocked, and and gets there, blocks it with his elbow, and for the safety. Then it's sixteen to ten Chiefs. Su- ensuing possession is when Harris uh, catches the, the touchdown, his first touchdown pass of the year. So. Alexander, my grown-ass man of the game. Love it. The, the picture, by the way, I think it was uh, you. You had a great picture. photo. It looks like Alexander's going to catch that punt. <laughs> it was, it's coming like right at his face. That was a great picture. Uh, I think Ron Parker is the correct answer. Um, but since you already took him, I'm going to say Jay Howard, who Ooh. I think had another really good game and is going for the grown-ass man contract of, oh, of the year. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Jay Howard wants that money. Yeah. <laughs> He's very motivated he to get paid. Like he <laughs> He's had a great season. He's earning himself a nice check. Not sure the Chiefs are going to be able to bring him back. Yeah. Um, He's got that young family, man. He's going to have to follow the money, even though he loves playing here. Uh, now it's time for the part of the show where we always break down the last game, go through our show questions, man. And, you know, I think the first thing we got to talk about is this upcoming playoff game, man. Right now, the Chiefs are three-point favorite over the Texans. Does that sound right to you guys on the road, road favorites against the Texans? Does that sound right to you guys? It got bet down. Uh, it opened at four. Okay. And it got bet down to three, okay. I think. That's um, right. I, I, I think it does sound about right. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect it to be higher than that. Um but I think that does sound right. The Chiefs are getting a lot of run, you know, kind of mm-hmm. nationally because of the win streak. I mean, it's an easy thing to poke holes on and people do it with the schedule and everything. But they, you know, they're they're a bigger, you know, sort of a flashier point, I think, to, to more casual fans. I mean, you know, people think of the Texans and they think, I think basically, casual fans I'm talking about, they think of two things. They think of J.J. Watt and they think of a crappy quarterback. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> <There we go. laughs> well, where, where do you want to, you know, 
I, I think back to an old man football uh, analogy, Jimmy the Greek, and on his, on his <laughs> Sunday afternoon you know, with, with, the, with the boxes, yes. the, comparing the, the two teams. What, what check mark would you give the Texans in a comparison with the Chiefs? Um, uh, defense, offense, and even within those, uh, and then coaching, in, in home field intangibles maybe is the only thing you would yeah. you would give the Texans right now. I, I think uh, uh, I think the Chiefs should be favored. Uh, this is an eleven and five Chiefs team at a nine and seven champion of the worst division in the AFC. Yeah. This yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Hopkins is better than Macklin. That's one advantage I give him. And I, I, and I, he's better than. It. Yeah, like. Go ahead. No, just speaking of home field and tan tangibles, remember how horrendous that field was? Um, I don't yeah. know if that's cleaned up any, but that, that's that, right. I, I we were all that's right. We couldn't believe day. that. The that's right. Yeah, that field there was terrible there shape. Big problems with that field. It's borderline I, dangerous, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiefs were mad. Or whatever. Yeah. That's right. Um, but the only <laughs> thing I was going to say is, I, I, do, do you see the Texans score much on the Chiefs? I don't. I don't know. Like you guys help remind me. I mean, Blair, you got a pretty good memory. Like, do you remember? I don't, the, the final score of that Texans game was 27-20. But, like, I don't remember it, like, being that close. Was like 27-3? Like, like, right? Like, it was 27-9. I think it was 27-9. And it was, like, yeah, and it was clear, like, the Chiefs tamped it down in the second half, which is a pretty common occurrence the it last month. Yeah. Well, and look, if, if memory serves, didn't didn't Ryan Mallett come in in the second half and he did it on two touchdown drives? That's right. Yeah, that's so, and, right. and didn't Hopkins – Hopkins caught like a high point ball over Marcus Peters too. Yep. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. Yep. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. That's right. That's right. It's funny. We've mentioned Peters a couple times now. And, and um, one of you guys got into that in your story today. Oh, Blair did. Um, but I'd forgotten that was the, the first pass of the game. His first professional play was, was, yeah. was a that's pick right. six. That's right. And that was part of that scene too. Real quick. Hopkins versus Peters, round two. Who's your favorite? Who's going to win the fight? Who's going to win the fight? You I mean the fight they have besides playing? Or <laughs> I think they will both score knockdowns. Yeah. Um, but I, I would think that the overall winner might be DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, you, interesting. I think Hopkins is a hell. I mean, you know Hopkins how is I good. Like Peters, yeah. I, I think Hopkins is, is a phenomenal. I'll, I'll go with Peters in this. I think just he has come – he's – Second half of the season, he has been phenomenal. I read this today. We always, we always quote uh, pro football focus. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. You know, the, not, not only the most targeted cornerback this season, but the most targeted cornerback in NFL history. In is history. that right? History? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, don't, I don't know how, That's how, how long this, you know, they, they've been marking this or, or recording it, but in since, history. Since – Oh, 08, I believe. All right. So, so why? why? <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Like, like you, Marcus makes a lot of plays, but there's some separation at yeah. the second level sometimes. Uh -huh. Sam always mentions, like, he's not the most athletically gifted cornerback. Like, he's, he's a good athlete, right. but he's not. But, like, NFL standards, there are more physically gifted guys. Uh -huh. Transitional quickness. Like, guys can create separation out of their cuts on him. He's making his plays with anticipation and football IQ and yep. ball skills. So the thing is, you can complete passes on Marcus Peters. But if you keep testing him and you keep throwing at it, throwing at him, he's going to see it. Yeah. And he's going to make a play. Well, let me flip that on you, though, real quick. What, do you think one of the reasons that they keep going that way is that they recognize that aggression can be um, – Sure. Can be – you know, one way or another, taking advantage of? Just my opinion? Yeah, I think so. I think I think when teams are doing film work on the Chiefs, they say, wow, 22 is a dangerous player, but he's also a guy we can get stuff on both sometimes. Ways, right? right, that yeah. goes both ways, right? And that's a, that's a gamble you're willing to take if you trust your guys. So, like, a very, very good team, like, look, Tom Brady's going to throw at Marcus Peters. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to try to th throw at him, but Peters has shown enough that maybe, you know, Maybe he'll be able to stand up to that challenge. It's going to be fun to watch Marcus Peters against really, really good competition in these playoffs. All right, so most times targeted in pro football focus history. That's so, Yeah, so that dates back, yeah, like that, that. What, okay. what is that date back, eight years, nine years? That's still pretty significant because if you think about all of the terrible quarterbacks that have played the position in the NFL, and I think he's been targeted more than some of those guys. You know, believe me, I watched a lot of football. I've seen a lot of bad football, okay? And it's hard for me to believe that Marcus Peters has been targeted more than some of these guys I've seen out that there. That's shocking. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> also, one drop for Jeremy Macklin this year. Yeah. I can't remember it. Did we think I'm, it was the Houston was, one? Did, no, did, did I actually know? emailed oh, you the guy, that up. Okay. and he said it was in the Chicago game. Um, 
Yeah, but it, it they did not count because we, we were wondering if it was that that uh, play that got overturned in yeah. Houston, and that was not. It was in the Chicago game at some point. Blair, I'm super glad you brought up Macklin because, you know, Sam, you just mentioned that Hopkins is probably a little better than Macklin, but how big is that gap? How big do you think that gap is between the two? I don't think it's huge. I, I think it's smaller now than it was yeah. in week one. Yeah. And, and, and does it really matter in the context? It's really the yeah. context of what you do for your team, right? Sure. I mean, well, and it, yeah, and it – I mean, obviously, not to sound like Alex Smith or whatever, but it depends on you know what else, how much help the Chiefs give <laughs> Peters and all that stuff. God, I hate myself right now. Um, I, I just think Hopkins. I, I think Hopkins is a top ten receiver. Yeah, Hop- and I think that God, Peters Hopkins. is not a top ten cornerback yet. Hopkins might be, be even top five yeah. too, man. Like Hopkins is so good. Okay, next question: What should concern Chiefs fans the most about this Texans game? What are the biggest areas? They got to worry about heading into this thing, other than their own miserable history, the last twenty years. <laughs> well, one, one quick That's thing that comes to mind: <laughs> <laughs> we got we got talking about this a little bit yesterday with Alex Smith about that that Colts game being the reminder that you can never take your foot off the gas pedal. The Chiefs have taken their foot off the gas pedal every game. Yeah. yeah. And can you just change that all of a sudden in the playoffs? Great, great. Ned Yost says uh, yes, you can. <laughs> uh, and there is no gas pedal. They were just sitting people for one weekend against the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> just doing the pop in, the dynamite drop ins, yeah. Monty. I'm yeah. like uh, I'm like uh, Artie Lang uh, without the substance abuse issues. Yeah. <laughs> but as out of shape. <laughs> Sam, you got a thought? Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really have hijacked this thing. Sorry. These guys can't even get. I focused. can leave. No, no, we uh, want to. The stay. biggest concern, right? Yeah, biggest concern about this game is a Chiefs fan. Well, I mean, I, I think that um, the Alex Smith interceptions yesterday um, were like so out of character, um, and they were they were sloppy. Um, they were sloppy. They were uh, like the the first one. If I'm gonna get the order right the first one was this kind of robotic look left throw right before really seeing what the defense is doing thing that was just sloppy lazy um taking a play for granted and the second one Blair I think you made the point um the second one was it, it looked like he knew where he was going to throw it before the snap and you, you made the point it reminded you of the the Tlaib interception yeah uh in the Denver game ooh, ooh. and um and, and I think it did a lot and I think you know if the Texans I think 20 points might win the game so if the Texans, you know, if J.J. Watt can come around the corner on Ja Reed or whoever and, uh, you know, a strip sack and then that turns into six points or, you know, if, if that happens, I think that could be a big problem. I think it's more of a matter of when than if because J.J. Watt's come around the corner on one of them. I don't know which one it would be. It would be Stevenson or it would be a, a, a Tardif, but he'll, he'll be coming around the corner. There ain't a whole lot you can do about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the Texans' offense can score that much on the Chiefs, but I think their defense might be able to score. All right, and that leads me to my my last question for you guys before we dive into who he played for, the old man segment, old man football segment in the reader mail. I want you guys to help me predict J.J. J. J. Watt's stats this week. Now, the last time he faced the Chiefs, Watt had nine tackles, two sacks, and he's averaging on the season five tackles and a sack per game. What do you guys think is a reasonable expectation for what J.J. Watt's going to get against this Chiefs line this week? What do you think? Sammy? Honestly, I put the over-under at two and a half sacks. I mean, (laughs) I I think he's going to have a day. I really do. I I think he's going to be juiced up in front of the home crowd. Um, I think he's going to be going against Ja Reed or somebody on that right side that can't really handle him. Uh, Donald Stevenson had a terrible day uh, blocking on, on Sunday, on yesterday. So, um, yeah, I think J.J. Watt is going to have a day. Jeez. I, I do, too. I, I, and I like that I like that over under two and a half. That, that seems like the, the place to get uh, get yeah. going here. Um, I, I can't get out of my mind the image of him um, feeling the need to raise his hand and wiggle his pinky or his fingers yesterday to show he was out of the cast. <laughs> um, and, no, and, he'll be back. He'll yeah, be back. He's, he's, he's unbelievable. That guy's going to be just fine. Blair? Well, he'll- All right. I think J.J. Watt will be the Houston Texans' Chevy Silverado 
<laughs> player of the game uh, in defeat. Yeah, but he'll I, he'll get his. He'll get his two. He'll get his two sacks. Can I say uh, two things about Watt? Yeah. Um, the first is whether by design or fortune, um, he had a big game in that first one, but it, it wasn't in plays that really absolutely matter. It, it wasn't Great in point. in in kind of uh, big time play. So I, I think that he can have a really good game. And and it not really disrupt what the what the Chiefs are doing. The other thing that sticks out from that first game, I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, it was a touchdown. Um, God, I forgot who caught it, but it was it was on a touchdown play, I think. Um, and and Mitch Morse uh, had a That's great right. like peel back block out of the center position to help out on Watt mm-hmm. coming around uh, the the right tackle side. And I, I just if he's not able to play. You know, you just wonder little subtleties like that. Nothing against Zach Fulton. I think Zach Fulton's been really, really good, yeah. actually, especially as, as a backup center. Uh, but business, he hadn't played that position before this year, right? Am yeah, I right about that? That's Fulton? right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that preseason game against the Rams was the first time he yeah. ever played the position. He, he's been really impressive. But uh, for Mitch Morse to do that, uh, you know, in his first NFL, you know, we talk about Marcus Peters and what he did in his first NFL snap. And um, that was really important. And, and I wonder if the Chiefs are going to miss that a little bit. You're making you just remind me of this, and, and, and maybe anybody that watched that game will always remember. But JJ Watt's helmet coming off on that on one oh, of those yeah, sacks right, yeah. and finishing the play. Yeah, that's that's why people love him. Yeah, and I I'll say this about Fulton, man. Like, God, I think he's a better center than he is a guard. I I think yeah. the short area, the fact that he doesn't have to move as much. It, he's a big body guy who's best, you know, who's best. He's he's actually best at moving in short areas. He doesn't have to move a lot as a center, but he's big and strong and powerful. And guys come at his way. As long as the snapping is down, I'm actually comfortable with him there. You know, as long as the snapping is down. But uh, you know, that, that's obviously going to be something to watch if he ends up starting against Will Fork. Um, and that leads us to everybody's favorite segment: who he play for. Now, we're only going to do three. We're going to keep this thing moving. All right. And these are very current Chiefs former Chiefs, from this year. These are guys – yeah, these are guys that so, – So the embarrassment level of not getting this is, is at its all-time peak. Yes. So these, so these are guys that uh, – these are guys that were with the team in, um, in training camp and ended, up getting, and ended up getting cut or traded or whatever. So we're going to see how we do here. And this is this year now. So let's have a strong outing. Uh, <laughs> Center Eric Cush, fellas, oh, who he play for? So there's a woman who emails me about <laughs> Eric Cush, um, and uh, God, and now I can't remember who she keeps. She emails me like every other week, basically, to tell At me that t- Eric Cush is doing really well. Or, yeah. She has a Cush on you. Yeah, I don't boom! Know. Hey, hey. Oh. Uh, it might be like his <laughs> aunt or something. I'm not sure, um, but she's a big fan of Eric Cush. But I, I'm embarrassed. Like I can't remember. Is it the Saints? No, sir. I got nothing, but I'll just give you a, a completely random guess. Okay. You want that? You I'll like that? that? When we humiliate ourselves completely. I'll, I'll take uh, that. Cardinals. Fellas. So why did Sam get one of those? Blair. I would have gone with either the Saints <laughs> or the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Cush plays for the Rams. And if it makes you guys feel better, I wouldn't have gotten that either. <laughs> no chance. He can't uh, be playing much, otherwise we'd no, know for sure. No. Yeah, he's, he's, definitely. For the, he's gonna play for the LA Rams. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely uh man, I definitely wouldn't have got that one. All right, two more. Kelsey McCray. Safety. I'm not even gonna embarrass myself with a guest this time. I'll just take a knee. <laughs> uh uh, Steelers. Ooh, Seahawks. Seahawks. Started with an S. Yes. How come he, Sam didn't get a guess? He's getting special treatment. He doesn't no, get the, I, the vaporizer. I took a knee before you, you did. did. Okay. <laughs> I, I acted like grass Dustin Colquitt in the face of a uh, you know oncoming miss miss snap. You didn't even try to throw it. Yeah. Last one, guys. Let's try and redeem. I wouldn't. Well, I would have got that one. <laughs> I would have got Kelsey McCray. I wouldn't have got this one though. I'll admit that. James Michael Jacks, James Michael Johnson, inside linebacker, fellas, who he play for? I'm confident Sam's going to get it right and spare anybody else 
the right. need to call it. Mm. Sam's got this one. Can I go with the Bucks? You know what? You get partial credit because at some point he was there with the Bucks. There we go. See? That's but what I was thinking right of. Right now he's with the Dolphins. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew it was right state. to put everything <laughs> in the sand. It's the right, yeah. it's the right <laughs> state. It was not bad. I just go for time zones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Going to keep it moving. Last week we had Blair and Vahe square off in the old man football segment. This week is me versus you, Sam. And as you guys know, every time we do this, we've got a sponsor. This one's brought to you by... At new Vitalis with V7. <laughs> Wait! It now has V7? <laughs> Vitalis. <laughs> Vitalis. For your thinning hairline. All right. All right, Sam. That was this, perfect. We're going we're to keep it quick, man. I think, uh, remember, just real quick, we're going to riff on something that... Uh, you know, that an old man would kind of riff on as football. Imagine today. being old, you two yeah. punks. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm an old soul, so this is easy for me. Uh, now, let's go ahead and do it. And uh, I'm going to crank I'm – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off here. All right, back in my day, all right, I remember when the bowl games used to all be on New Year's Day, okay? <laughs> like, I don't like how we've got the situation now where we got – the, we got the Rose Bowl still on New Year's Day, and that's great. And we got the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. You know, but I want my Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Day. I'm not enjoying that. I don't need that the day before, you know. I remember I, when I was a kid, we used to have the cotton. We used to have the rose. We used to have the orange. And the sugar. And we used to have the sugar, and it was the best, okay. <laughs> it was the best because that was just a day full of football. And also, you had those other bowls, too. You had the – they would do the Hall of Fame Bowl on New Year's Day. Astro you know, Blue Bonnet the, the, Bowl. Yeah, the, the Citrus Bowl would be on New Year's Day, okay? That's what I used to like. It was just a day full of football. We'll never go back to that, but it was great. Just being a kid, I loved it so much. That's my old man football take. Sammy? So I have a legitimate old man rant, but it has nothing to do with football. Are I think we we'll game? take it. All right. We, we need it. So back in my day, <laughs> we actually walked – we didn't have these non-hoverboards. Because, <laughs> first of all, they're not freaking hoverboards. It's not the Michael they J. Got Fox, wheels. Right. Yeah. They're not floating. Yeah. They're segways without the handlebars. We used to walk. Right. Like humans do. <laughs> Kids, these days, are, are, are scooting around like some... BS alien life form kind of thing. Did you guys see actually on the, uh, there was a picture on Twitter um, the other day, which is where I get all my news. Um, but there was a picture, it was a gorgeous picture of a bathroom stall, and underneath was just two feet like on one of these like non hoverboards mm-hmm. while somebody was doing their thing. And I'm like, this is what we've come to, you know? Like we are too lazy to even sit down and go to the bathroom without our feet being on these non hoverboards. That's my rant. All right, guys. Walk. Vine Blair, who won? I, I, I actually, only because I'm used to the, the, the concept, as the, the time-honored concept we've had, I, I found it hard to break out the Sam's newfangled, uh, um, you know, real-life thing. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with you, Therese. Well, not only, not, not only did Therese win, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he won. He he had me at old soul, you know, not not just the old man rant, but old soul. And, and, but you're at, but you're absolutely right about the bowl games, and I'm surprised you're even. And in fact, I I know you're not old enough to remember when <laughs> New Year's Day was just the four games. It started with the Cotton Bowl, Lindsey Nelson, yep. and Ray Scott, and um, and then uh, the, the the orange was at night, the rose in the afternoon, and the and the sugar kind of flexed. Sometimes you get it the night before. But there were only, you know, a dozen to 15 bowl games. And, hey, something to keep in mind, uh, the, 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 I thought it was a disaster this year, having oh, the national semifinals terrible. On, it was on, terrible. On, on New Year's Eve. We talked about this. Yep. Um, so. that's, that is date night. And yeah. if your date – is not interested in that football game or either one of those teams, you ain't watching that game. Yeah, you're not getting out of <laughs> ain't that. Ain't watching that. No and, no. and look, I think you've got a major talking point here with the uh, with with uh, Prairie Prairie Village's own Bill Hancock uh, about thinking about that. Yeah, that's yeah, you, you can't do that. Said they're not interested in, uh, 
and moving it despite the no no they, they're kind of locked into days and stadiums yeah. but they better be uh satisfied with the lower ratings that yeah. they got even the rose bowl rating all-time low wow without moving its date and time and with kind of an appealing matchup with a star player in mccaffrey all-time low or rose bowl rating can i say something too about the date thing um i found myself in a weird situation on new year's eve uh my date um is a proud michigan sting grad and uh, a very good friend of ours uh, was getting married at 7 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Ooh. And my date was not happy. Not, not too pleased. My date was not happy. That game should have been on New Year's Day. I understand you, honey. I agree. <laughs> so sometimes it works the other way. Therese, if, my, if I may break into a little old man segment, even though it's By not my week, I just want to. I just want to um, remind you, did, did Blair and I ever tell you about the times we covered? <laughs> <laughs> tell the, me more about the, time the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl on the same year, the same day. I, it's a <laughs> that's a bit of an inside joke, but like when I'm traveling with these guys, I just want to hear all their stories because like Vahe and Blair had the best jobs in journalism, in my opinion. Um, like 10 years ago, right? <laughs> when when you, when you guys got Late the 90s. you guys were they were national college football writers at papers. So they were going to all the big games. It was the best. In fact, in fact, when I first started at the Star, I was like, you know what, one day I want Blair's job because Blair was going <laughs> Blair was going to the horseshoe, you know. He's and now I'm your caddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no you my partner, man. You my man. Come on now. That was that was, that was old man journalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I do right. remember actually, I don't know if you remember this, Blair. Um when I was covering high schools, and I do remember like telling you in that old office that we yeah. used to have, and I said, "You have the best job at the paper." It was the and best. you just glared at me and you said, "You stay away from me." <laughs> keep your, keep your rubby hands off my job. In fact, Blair, I think the first the first year I was here was like '06, and I feel like you went to see like Texas. Ohio State in the horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you're going to that? Like, I just couldn't believe you were just going to that for no reason. Yeah. I saw somebody's list once, this is four or five years ago, the best games of the first decade of the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010. And they were just, they could be bowl games, regular season games, and college football. And I'd covered eight of them. Wow. Look at that. Eight of them. You and know, it, just. It, you know the, the the Texas Tech Texas game, the an Ohio State Michigan game, uh, the Boise State Oklahoma game, uh, just Texas, we, Notre Dame USC yeah, game. Notre, Notre Dame USC, we were there for that. Texas that was, USC game. Yep. And Va- yeah. Vahe is joking because like I can hear these guys talk about stories about covering the Rose Bowl, <laughs> like because I you know I've always wanted to Uncle cover Blair. The, yeah, <laughs> Uncle Vod, just tell me about the Rose Bowl in 1993. Let's go. <laughs> But I, I don't think um, I don't think our readers are that interested in hearing about that. So we'll keep it moving. Because I, I, in fact, I got a pretty good list of what our readers want to hear about, and uh, we're going to answer some of those questions. Okay. <laughs> it's not me wanting to hear about the Rose Bowl. But uh, first, first reader mail question we've got is from Jimmy Ratley. Thank you for the question, Jim. We can speed through these guys. What aspect of the Chiefs uh, team right now concerns you guys the most versus the Texans? What do you think, guys? Blair? Well, we talked. We, we did address some of this earlier, mm-hmm. but I, I, I am I, – I can't get out of my mind in the last three home games against inferior opponents. The, the opponent had the ball within a, within a score, within a, a touchdown at the end calls. of a game. So I, um, the inability to put away inferior competition – now, obviously, that's less, of a, that's less of a concern in the postseason, should be less of a concern – in the in the postseason because you don't see inferior opponents, but when the Chiefs have a double-digit lead at some point in these games, I I, I want to see them win the game by double digits. And I, I know this is the NFL, and I, I know there's the, the razor-thin margin yeah. of you know, difference of these teams, but I, I just want to see the ability for the Chiefs to get up on a team and, and, and put them away. You want to see them finish. I got you. And that, that really resonates with me too, and maybe all of us because we've been talking a lot about two yeah. years ago and and. The parallel to that, with the ultimate non-finish, um, and that—that's one way or another. That's got to be seared into their minds this week, and probably it's going to be seared into uh, fans' minds until they, they demonstrate that they're going to finish. Yeah, I think I go a little bit differently, I guess, but um, I just think it's can they score enough points? 
Um, I, I think their defense is going to do really well. Um, I, I think the way that they lose that game is the offense doesn't score and or the offense makes a turnover that yeah. leads directly to Texans points, whether a pick six, fumble return, or just you know giving up the, the ball close to the goal line. That's a smart take. By the way, was the last running back fumble, Charkandrick's fumble in the uh, Minnesota game? Donald Stevenson's. It feels like it. I can't been a remember any other fumbles. Yeah, Macklin's fumble. Macklin's had Kelsey. One. Yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey. There's probably been one maybe where they they recovered it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. maybe a fumble. But that's a long time to go with a running back fumble. All right. Next one's from KC Chiefs underscore fifty eight. Thanks for the question, Chris. With Morse's second concussion in such a short period of time, does that put into question his longevity? Vahe, any thoughts? Well, I don't know if it does put it into question exactly, but. In just reading up on Hussein Abdullah a, a little while ago, I, I can't remember the numbers, but he had about three in a two-year period. Mm-hmm. He sat and, out a whole year. And I'm wondering why. I'm wondering if that plays a little bit into whatever's going on with him now. We're not getting a lot of insight on mm-hmm. why this has been so long, but this is if it's been four games he's missed, three. Yeah, who, who, Morse? No, Hussein. Hussein. Oh, Hussein. Uh, he's missed as many as Houston. So this. Uh, okay, so, so we're yep. talking about a lot of weeks now for a guy with a concussion history. Uh, I, I don't want to pretend I understand how that all dovetails together, but it to me it is a absolute concern for Mitch's health. I don't know whether it it you know necessarily hints at a problematic future. Well, Sam's done a lot of. I mean, you've written a lot about concussions. I think we're in a different world with concussions. Completely. Yeah, I, I think that if um, as long as he's healed, I, I do think that there's a, a bigger danger after you get one. Um, and I don't know how many concussions he had at Mizzou um, or in high school, um, but I, you know, I think we would all assume that this was not his first uh, right. or his second, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some concerns, but I, I just I, I I think the science, not to get into a whole big thing, but I think the science and the the research on this stuff is is still new enough that. You know, this is not like a guy that keeps tearing his ACL or a guy that, um, you know, has a bum shoulder that he can't get over. I mean, that's he could play, um, you know, 12 years in the league and not have another concussion. Um, he could be out of the league in a year because of too many concussions. I just don't think there's any way to know. I think I think the protocol is a good thing. Yeah, the protocol absolutely. is good. It the protocol is good because, yeah. hey, if you're still feeling concussion symptoms, guess what? You're not passing a protocol. And if you're still feeling the symptoms, you go back out there, you make it even worse. Yeah. So if a guy like Abdullah hasn't played in four five games, it's because probably you're struggling with the with the protocol, you're still feeling the symptoms. So it's good. Like that it the NFL has become more enlightened and it's by necessity, obviously. And, and it fear. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not out of the goodness of their hearts because right. it's a business. <laughs> but it's about it money. Is a, it is a good thing. Yeah. It is a good thing. Money. For guys like Mitch, who's a young guy, who's a smart guy. Who could go do? Any, he could go do something else if he needed to. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm not putting that on the table, but I'm just saying no, no, like, this yeah. is what. And Abdullah's that way too. Like, yep. if if that's what it's for, like if it, it this is to protect guys, and they're like it's good that they're taking it serious because, you know, the Chiefs are showing they're not rushing guys back from this thing. Guys have been out for you yeah. know, a month for so. yeah. one, one like final thing that I'll say about the sure. concussions thing. I, I think that a lot of it is up to the players to take it seriously mm-hmm. because you know when that fir- when that stuff first started. You heard about guys like uh, intentionally, you know, just flunking or, you know, failing the the baseline test mm-hmm. that they give you with the idea that now if I get a concussion, um, you know, I, I can pass that test even if I'm not fully back. You know, Roethlisberger is kind of the, the famous example this year of a guy that, you know, kind of took himself out of a game because of concussion. I think that's the players have to take that stuff seriously that's um, smart. or else it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, you're reminding me of something. I, I think I missed this game last year with, with the Royal stuff going on, but didn't at, at the Chargers last year, didn't Jamal kind of try to hide from being evaluated? I don't I remember something. I, like I remember that. something I don't know if it was about that. But I, yeah, it was something like that, and, and hopefully that's that's a thing of the past now. Maybe I, I think I think you know just awareness is better. Yeah, you know awareness is yeah. better, and I, I tell you one thing. You know I don't. I, I think we're going to see fewer kids playing football. I think you've already seen that. Yeah. At least at, especially at younger ages. You know I I've got my own thoughts about that how I'd handle if I had kids. But, um, you know, moms are protective, and moms didn't want their kids playing football before this became mm-hmm. a real thing. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see where football's headed, man, because 
They need kids to play to keep developing players. Next question is from Newton Brown at our Newton Brown. Thank you for the question, Newton. <laughs> what was the issue with the botched field goal attempt in the fourth quarter? Just real quick. It was a punt that was call that was made at the line. It was supposed to be a pooch punt. The center didn't hear it, um, and that's why the ball got snapped. And it was it was ridiculous, which is what Andy Reid said. Um, yeah, it was unusual just, for him to yeah, say yes. it like that. Andy Reid never yeah. does that, so he was pretty pissed off, yeah. um, obviously. And it, but but Blair, I mean, I feel like this kind of leads a little bit into something you've written about, man. Like these special teams issues, man. Mm-hmm. Like wh- where are we at with this? Well, it just seems like there's one thing a game, um, whether. Uh, this was obviously a you know a, a, a mistake. Let's backtrack a little bit first. Santos had made the 39-yard field goal, yep. and Let's not Kelsey this. had was was called for was it hold uh, penalized, so that pushed him back. He made it a 49-yard field goal to give the Chiefs a two-score lead, and that's when the, uh, the the play was called for the you know for the direct snap to Santos for the pooch punt and. And, and then disaster and hilarity ensued. Um, but it, there, it seems like every week when we get a chance to talk to Dave Tobe, the special teams coach for the Chiefs, we're asking him about some mistake that yeah. happened in the special teams. And I understand that you're not going to – maybe it's we're, we're taking we, – we took for granted for about a month and a half. There didn't seem to be any problems yeah. in special teams. Colquitt's punting was terrific. Santos couldn't miss. The, you know uh, when DeAnthony Thomas was back, you know they were they were the returns were pretty solid. They don't return kicks anymore because that just doesn't happen in the NFL. But it just didn't seem like there were any issues. And now um, all of a sudden, each of the last three or four games, something kind of blew up in the ball. And usually faces. something different too. It seems like right. I mean, they've been only the snap thing was going on a little bit for a while, right? But but hasn't it been almost you know yeah, something a, a new remember, thing all the time? Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, we talked about Colquitt, and you know, some of that was some of that was the wind, you know, punting in, in, in wind, and that that was a that was a specific issue to him, and it looked like he he got it back Sunday. He he a lot a couple punts inside the ten. Maybe this is just a selective memory of mine. I don't know, but I don't feel like we've ever seen like a run like this from the Chiefs special teams. I've been. Co- for the last three years, well, since they Andy were really been great here. that first year, right? Like, Remember that like, explosive that's making right. plays. That was, that's right. That was a big special teams year for them. I, I feel like this is just this stretch. It's been so yeah. unique. And like Dave Tobe is a good special teams coach. Like his teams normally don't do this, but like yeah, it's time to worry because it seems like every week there's been something. And in these playoff games, hey, you know Al Pacino. Remember. A, you know, life, you know, like football, life is a game of inches. Right. <laughs> football is a game of inches. Like, this is going to matter in the playoffs. Right. You're gonna, you mess up, momentum swings. You start feeling like maybe you should be losing instead of winning. Hey, man, like, this matters. They, they better get this squared away. And I think that's where Reed's annoyance in, yeah. the prep post, in the press conference came from. Yeah. And this is just me guessing and reading body language. But, like, that's where that, – because, like – this has been going on too long now. It's been a month. Like it's they got to get us, yeah. they, they got to get it squared. And, and let's remember they've had some you know meaningful plays, block that's, block kicks and that's stuff right. too. That's right. But the, so this has been good. But but I have a quality control question. This might be. I guess you can't. We've decided we can't be too much inside football on this. Oh, but we can't. Here's a question: Why why aren't they? Why do they need to make that call at the line? Why isn't that called in the huddle? Why 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 on a something you want to be a pooch punt? Do they need to see a look on the other side? Don't they know they want to do it? I think it depends on the look, though, actually, because if you – this is a guess, but I'm thinking if you do – if you execute that and against a team that's prepared for it, they're going to have a chance to get a big return on it. That's why you would do it. That, you know – Maybe there's a check or, with me involved, too, then. Right, right <laughs> exactly, right, you know. Um, but that's just a guess, and that's something I'll dig into a little more. But that's a good question. Like, why not just line up and punt then if you're going to punt, you know? Yeah. Um, but all, but it, that, a yeah. lot of times it just depends on the form, the looks you get from the other side. Well, a lot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, another guess, but I'm, I'm guessing that the play is for the snap to go to the holder unless there's a uh, an audible called for the reason that if you screw it up mm-hmm. and the snap and the and the center is snapping to the kicker for a pooch – but the kicker thinks the ball is going to the holder, then all of a sudden that ball is being snapped way back. Whereas, like, you know, if you're going to screw it up, that's the the way they screwed it up is the safer way to screw it up. Yep. Again, just a guess. For sure. For sure. Okay. Next question. Um, This one's from Brent Ross at Brent102Fire. Thank you for the question, Brent. 
<laughs> Chiefs fans pretty annoyed with this team's play call. Sam, you well, said they that you've been. Be. Sam, you said you <laughs> ten in a row. Ten in a row. Why not eleven? That's right. You know, it's not about the results. 11. It's not about the results. Wait, it's about wait. How you this, get there. this leads me to something. Sam, you said you've been getting emails from people wanting you to rip read. Please and, elaborate. What's yeah, going on? I, well, I'm not going to look right now. Um, but yeah, one of them was like, when is somebody going to finally have the guts to call out Andy <laughs> Reid for blah, 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 blah. I'm like, <laughs> what do you do with that? Like, I, I respond to every email that I see. Um, some of them like more sarcastically than others, I guess. But that, I mean, like when you get those, I just say they have won 10 games in a row. Like that's, you know, like, what else, what else is there? And look, like there's stuff that you can always pick apart. Sure. Just like when there's a two and 14 team. There's stuff that, you know, you can look at as a positive, you know, not everything's bad in that, but my God, people, um, you know, and, and maybe this is the, the residue of 22 years and, you know, the kicker who shall not be named and Elvis Gerback and <laughs> 28 point lead and everything else. Um, so I get it, you know, um, as, uh, as I've said too many times, you know, Kansas city comes by that stuff quite honestly, but, um, be happy, you know, like it's not, it's not the chief's fault that. These 10 games did not come against the Panthers, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Patriots, you know. Um, they, 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 they beat who was in front of them, you know. And, um, you know, here's another thing I think about oh, is that when, when they started off 1-5 and five and um, either on these podcasts or on the videos or just talking or whatever, we all thought once they got to 2-5, and 3-5, and five, okay, like – they're not going to turn out to be a two and fourteen team, but you know how good can they be? And my thought was always, well, that maybe they can get to eight and eight, yeah, and, and be just were... good enough to not make the playoffs. And then it was like, you know, maybe nine and seven or whatever. They're going to lose one of these games. I didn't think they'd Remember? sweep the Raiders. Yeah. Buffalo was a tough game. I feel like we've been very cautious about. Yeah, like, no one was thinking when they were three and five. Oh. Here comes the playoffs. Like, no, we were thinking, oh, people aren't going to get fired now. Yeah, That's what, yeah. like, right? They're going like, to draft 18th yeah. instead like, of. Up yeah. until yeah. last week, I was saying they were still going to lose, like, one of these last games. Remember, like, they'd won off, what was it, four in a row, five in a row? And I'm thinking, oh, they losing yeah. one in the last month. And we, sure. we just assumed that was the case. <clears throat> Listen, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. <laughs> and when you win, the coverage is going to be positive for the most part because you won. And when you lose, we're going to destroy you. Yeah. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. You're going to get ripped. For God's sakes, when they went one in five, we did the video in front of a trash can because <laughs> it represented the season. Like, what more do you want? Like, <laughs> we asked Andy Reid and these guys the questions every week about, you know, um, play calling decisions and all that. But at the end of the day, like, that stuff is just going to be more pointed when you've lost. Yeah. But they've won 10 in a row right. in a league where it's hard to win 10 in a row. 10 I just, in a row. That's 10 in a row. <laughs> Never before right. done yeah. by right. this franchise. In, in the team's history, yeah. no one's ever, no team's ever won 10 in a row. They just did it. But Sam, crush them, right? Like, that's what you're supposed yes. to do, right? Yes. Yeah. Just good. Just want to get that clear. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, look, so remember my question was, you know, they can't put teams away. And, you know, they can't get the first downs to clear, you know, kill clock. And I actually think that's a valid complaint. Like, I actually do think that's valid because if you'd like to see the offense be a little more, a little better than they've been the last month or so, right? A little more complete. Yeah. Just a little more complete. So here's a question for you guys. I'm going to remix that. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you guys that the Chiefs offense actually will hit that next gear in the playoffs? And I'm going to put Vahe on the spot. I, I think they will, but I'm basing it on basically one thing because mm-hmm. they did it two years ago, and that was the way they played. That was about the way they played, what they decided to do as much as it was execution. Now, now give me a number. I'm, give me a number. I'm going to turn it up on you now. Let's well, the num- num- how many yards, how many points? Uh, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that um, they'll get it squared away? I'll, I'll, I'll go 8. 8? Okay. 8. That they'll score amply enough to win – yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm absolutely as confident as you are. I, I I'll say eight point five. Interesting. You know, here's here's what. Please explain. Keep, well, keep, keep this in mind. Even when they were one in five, even when they were one in five, think about the the games that they lost. They scored four touchdowns against the Packers, and I know it was a big second half when the game was. They scored seven times against the Cincinnati Bengals. Seven times. They were all field goals. <laughs> they were all, all from field Cairo goals. Country. 
but but they scored seven times. You, if one of those is a touchdown and six field goals, you got 25 points in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm confident in this. I'm more confident in this offense because really when it is good, it's fantastic. I mean, it really is. And I, I've seen I, I've seen the Chiefs long enough to see just terrible, terrible offense. Where are they going? What are they doing? I'm I'm confident in the play calling ability of this team and and uh, and and the, and the personnel on the field. Sam, so uh, I don't want to continue my trend of of taking the question way too literally. Um, so, in general, um, I will say a six. Uh, okay. I'm a little bit lower than you guys um, because I would have liked to have seen it um, yeah. in the last you know three weeks or four weeks or whatever it's been. And um, you know they, they start off hot and then they kind of they take their foot off the gas if if we can use a bad analogy and you know to what we talked about before they 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 have real recent evidence of the dangers of doing that in the playoffs and you know as much as i think they're capable of doing it for four quarters for however long they they want to do it that's why i'm a six and not a four or three or two um i would like to have seen them do it i'm with a solid seven i I think i think they'll do it but who does Just it like for four you. quarters? Who who no, who, who does it for four that's quarters? That's the thing. I'd, you know, Brady at his best. You know, the Patriots when they're rolling people. But who does it? Who, who, who what's the perfect offense? That, that's a great point, man. Other than um, the Panthers, except are what the OA Patriots were. Right, you know, they had Moss. That's it, right? But I'll say this though: there have been moments in the last few games where like they could have been better. You know what I mean? And that that's kind of where the gen, well, know, just go back to converting those third downs, right? You know, you know just, yeah, it, yeah. The, the the offense could be more, could have been more dynamic the last month. I guess I'm more encouraged by the. The pluses that I've seen, the discouraged by the minuses that I've seen with this, with this team. You might end up being right. I mean, I, mean, I think we're all. We're, I mean, we're all on the positive side of the ledger here. Well, well, I don't disagree with what you said. Here. Like you know, yeah, we're more encouraged, a little. more encouraged by the positives than yeah. discouraged by the negatives. Um, I, I just this specific question about the offense. You know, I'm, I'm less. You, you, Sam, you have a real respect for just. The, the negative stuff that can happen to you in a football game in the playoffs <laughs> when you're a chief, For right? Sure. Like, like, Seen just, it. <laughs> yeah. As do I. Um, yeah. So I, I understand that. Help, help me remember this, sure, though, because sure. I think it's, it's apt to this. Okay, so we throw out the, the game at San Diego at the end of the 2013 season, right? That was the play-the-backups yeah. game. Yeah. In my mind, they uncorked stuff we had never seen before when they went into the postseason. It was they the best did. offensive they game sure under did. Andy Reid. And, and, yeah. and, and, but, but nothing Reed you saw coming up. from, because remember that whole formula that, that year was get the lead and then choke choke off the other team by running Jamal the whole fourth quarter. That was basically mm-hmm. what was going on there. Sort of similar to this, but then they opened up something that we hadn't seen. Yeah, and I, I did ask Andy Reid about this today. <laughs> I did ask him, I'm like, Hey, look, you know, uh, last time you guys were in this position, I feel like on offense you guys kind of broke out some stuff we hadn't seen in the playoffs <laughs> before. And he just kind of grinned a little bit. Um, he just, he just kind of smiled a little bit. Um, and this is what he said. He's like, uh, we haven't been saving much, to be honest with you. Uh, every week here our back's been to the wall, and I'd like to tell you that this is a one-and-done thing. But this is the way it's been for about the last six, seven, eight weeks. We'll see. We'll see what we can put together. I'm a little tripped up by the to be honest with you part. <laughs> right. <laughs> can I lie to you real quick? Uh, but I'll say this. like Him saying we haven't been saving much is not like a denial that they aren't saving things. Like, right. He's right. saving right. stuff. Yeah. Like He's breaking it out. And right. it was just the grin he had. Like, and he's going to have some stuff for the Texans. Because yeah. we saw it against him in week one. Like Some of those play designs were pretty innovative, and he can mm-hmm. break them out selectively. Yeah. Um, I just got faith in his ability to call plays, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I do too. I, the, the NFL people I've talked to have the faith in it. Like I just – I think the man can call plays, and you know he doesn't always hit on them, and he's he gets too, too hor you know it's too horizontal heavy, you know it, it's sometimes no doubt. too cute sometimes, but for the most part, that man can call plays for the most part, um, and if 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 I'm right about that, we're gonna see it on Saturday, right? Okay, last question. This is a good one. This is a good one. I like this one. Um, and this one's from Jim Weber at JW90. This is a good question from Jim. Where do you guys rank John Dorsey and Andy Reid as compared to other GM-coach combinations? Now, I did a little research here to help narrow the field for us. 
Belichick is both, right? So Belichick's in there. One. Ar- Arizona has Steve Kime and Bruce Arians. Have you got any of you guys ever talked to Bruce Arians? By the way, I've just uh, seen him on. He's TV. the best, yeah. man. That guy's awesome. Well, Ooh. okay. Ozzie Newsom, John Harbaugh. I don't care what the Ravens' record. Is. That's one of the. Yep. That is still one of the best run managed organizations in football. Um, we always talk about the marriage of coach and GM, right? Those two, you win a Super Bowl together. Very You've impressed done with something. that organization. You've done something. Uh, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert in Yo. Pittsburgh. You know, you got to think about the Steeler way. Chiefs always emulate, you know, Clark Hunt is always talking about, you know, wanting to be, you know, one continuity where there's not a more stable organization in Pittsburgh. Just two more, Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson mm-hmm. in Green Bay, right? Those those guys got it going pretty good. And Pete Carroll and John Snyder in Seattle. Yeah. Those guys have it going good, right? So where did John Dorsey and Andy Reid rank in this mix? Just just riff about it. Just think about it. Let's just talk it out. What do you guys think? Sam, looks like you got some thoughts. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I, I'm not sure that uh, – and, and let me finish this thought. Sure. I'm not sure that they're ahead of any of them, mm-hmm. um, anybody in that group. Uh, I'm not sure they're behind some of those. You know, I kind of think of them in tiers, and uh, I think of the uh, the head coach GM combination in New England of Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick <laughs> of being kind of number one and you that, know sort of in, in in their own group. Yeah. Those two. Ooh, you uh, put that on a tier <clears throat> on its own. I think I do. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they've been so good for so long. Yeah. I mean, they're they're bad years. They lose in the AFC Championship game, yeah. you know, um, and I love. I, I just I think Ozzie Newsom does such a good job, um, and I think I think John Harbaugh is a really good coach. But um, I, I just I think Andy Reid and John Dorsey would be at the bottom of that group, but maybe you know in the lower in the lower tier with with some of those other guys. It, my thought is sort of similar to Sam's. It's just it. It's going to hinge so much on if they lose a playoff game next week. We look, we're going to look at it yeah. differently than if they win win one. Right. I just feel like in a way it's not fully baked yet, and uh, I think we can tend to to like what we see. But I think the there's a lot of variables to how we're going to see it in the long run. Are we going to look back and say you know they gave up too much for Alex Smith? Are we going to say those first two first round draft picks were uh, really good picks. That's I did a good just point. a lot to still chew on. I, I, I got some thoughts. I, I actually agree with you, Sam. I think Belichick's in his own tier. But that second tier, I don't think you can put anybody in that second tier that hasn't won a Super Bowl together. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think. Skins on the wall, they right, call it. Like, right. Yeah. You, right. You eat what you kill. Right. Mm-hmm. You keep what you kill. So, like, Tomlin and Colbert, McCarthy and Thompson, Carroll, Snyder, Newsom and Harbaugh, they got to be in their own tier because they mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl together. Yeah. And I think that third tier. Those guys are probably in there with the rest of that group that hasn't won a Super Bowl together. I, I might be missing somebody, but I think – I mean, do you guys think they're top 10, top 15? I mean, we're – I think the lower half of the top 10. That's probably, probably about right. Because, like, what, what they've done and, – and, look, they, they haven't won a playoff game, right? But um, what they've done already is, is bring some consistency to an organization that has been in dire, desperate need of it for a really long time, and that's no small thing. And Sam, uh, please give us a quick snapshot because I didn't start covering this team to 2013. Let's remember what they took over in 2012. A team with a lot of talent, but went two and 14 in 2012. Yeah, like, they, like what? What was this team? What was the atmosphere around this team like under Pioli that last year? They had really good players. They they had mm-hmm. they had some talent. I mean, a lot of the guys who are the best players on the team now um, were there with you know Tamba and Justin Houston and Eric Berry. Um, they had no quarterback. And they had an absolutely shattered, broken culture. Yeah. Um, you know, those were the two things that they had to get right. And if they got either of those wrong, um, I don't think that they would be around right now as we tape this on, on Black Monday. I really think that, <laughs> that, you know, after three years, that this season would not have gone the way that it did um, if they didn't fix those two things. So, I mean, it was just, you know, you, you had players like kind of like – Rad, not ratting, that's too strong of a word, but, you know, kind of talking trash on each other, more so talking trash on the front office. You know, there, there was a, a theory, <clears throat> I don't know how widespread it was in the locker room, but I heard it from more than one guy and influential people too, but um, that that the uh, the coaching staff was not blitzing Justin Houston. They weren't letting Justin Houston go toward the quarterback as much as he should have because the front office didn't want to have to give him a really big contract. 
And and whether that was true or not, Just the fact that that thought was in the players' heads and that they were vocalizing it was a, a, as clear a sign as, as you can have that, right. that, that, that it was broken. Yeah, N Not absurd that uh, – it's absurd in the sense that, like, winning teams can't have that kind of thought. Yep. You know, you can't have right. that kind of thought. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, real quick, I wondered if the 31 wins the Chiefs have had since their 2-14 and 14 season huh. are the most by any team that Ooh. had a 2-14 and 14 or worse season – over the next three years, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You go two and fourteen, do it to a, a, a crazy playoff year because you've got the last place schedule and the draft pick, that's and good. then you revert, and then you go, then you're eight and eight or mm -hmm. back to six and ten. Yes, for them to go to two and fourteen to thirty-one wins over three years is is amazing. Outstanding, and that, that's a great point. And um, you know, that's what we got you in the house, Blair. Appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, but tell you what. Chiefs keep on winning. You know, we're going to be back in here. We're going to do. And another one. Then the next week, they win. We're going to come back and do. And another one. And we're going to keep coming out and doing these things. Because <laughs> uh, they're a lot of fun. We enjoy them. And we think people are listening. So, remember, please, go rate and review us on iTunes. Look at look us up on. Go to iTunes. Go to the podcast section. Type in Sports Beat Space KC. Type it in. Rate and review us. We appreciate that. You know, doing that actually helps us. Um, so go ahead. I'm still looking for a sponsor for the podcast. It's coming. I believe that. This is good stuff. And we're, we're covering a playoff team, the Red Hot team. That makes this the playoff edition podcast, That's right. does it not? That's right. And we're, we're going to be in here doing our thing. Um, also remember to download the Red Zone app to stay up on all your Chiefs news. And to check us out on KansasCity.com and on Twitter. As always, I'm Therese Paler. I'm going to sign off here for Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, and Blair Kirkhoff. Hey, we'll see you guys in Houston. Hit my music. Peace.